0: The March on Washington and the, the I Have a
1: Dream speech. What was it like from your perspective? Chaos. <laughs> Fright. <laughs> Would anybody be there? You know, when, when these folks really come uh, from across the country, are, are we going to look like fools up there with a few hundred people? Uh, who's going to make this speech? Who's going to speak first? Who's going to speak second? Uh, John, you got to tone down your speech. John uh, Lewis. Yes, uh, Martin's going to speak less. Why should Martin speak less? Uh, this leader's older than Martin. Uh, are we going to have uh, the police going to beat us? Will we, are, we, are we jeopardizing people's well-being? Uh, how will the uh, will the president listen? Will they know about what we're we talking about? when they hear us? when they leave town? Will we get the people out of there without? any calamities and catastrophe. Uh, uh, you know, just worlds and tons of questions that we didn't know the answer to uh, uh, because we had never really done that before. We had been a little pilgrimage, but we didn't talk about a massive march on Washington sponsored by black folks. The speech was magnificent. It set forth all the the, the, the rudiments, the basics of the struggle and the movement. It spoke to the conscience of a nation. Uh, He did not berate, he did challenge, but he left it to the conscience. And all the the impact of the movement has been greatest in those instances where we touched the conscience. And that's why it became eternal. It will always live.
0: That was Reverend Joseph Lowry speaking about the March on Washington in 1963 and what was going on behind the scenes before the march and the preparations for it. Joseph Lowry passed away last night at the age of 98. He was one of the pillars of the civil rights movement. I think he really was the the integral figure in that movement. He was right there next to Dr. King, um, really at the heart of the movement, at the heart of the Southern Christian Leadership Conference. That was the organization that he and King were front and center of. They really were the backbone and the leaders of that organization. And they really engineered that march, as did numerous others, but they were among its chief architects. And so, Um, Joseph Lowry, a preacher, an activist preacher, an activist uh, at heart, somebody who believed in people and in the power of the people. He believed very much in black people and in their organizational power and in their liberation and in their struggle for a better life and justice all across America and the world. And Joseph Lowry was such an influential figure in the movement as well. And he had immeasurable influence on a lot of other people around the world and certainly here in the United States, Reverend Joseph Lowry. And he is such a huge figure, such a huge figure, was such a huge figure and was able to live a really long life and and one marked throughout with goodness and helping people and inspiring people and reaching people and touching people and lifting them to heights. Reverend Joseph Lowry, now with the angels. He passed away last night at the age of 98 Reverend Joseph Lowry may you rest in power Welcome to Another edition of The Politocrat. I'm Omar Moore. It is Saturday, March the 28th, 2020. How are you feeling today? You may be able to hear those birds chirping away. In the background, in the distance. And I want to reset as we are into this weekend and the final weekend in March. And we've already almost got to the end of, we're almost at the end, we are practically at the end of the first quarter of the year. And for me, this year has gone by so quickly even if the last few weeks seem like an eternity. So today, I want to start, by the way, by thanking all of the doctors, nurses, and other care professionals and carers, and the people who are working, also additional people working on the front lines to take care of us, meet our needs in terms of helping us and assisting us if we have issues of health that are very serious, saving lives, serving us, and putting their own lives on the line to do so. I do want to thank the National Health Service in the United Kingdom. NHS has been there for many years now. And where would the United Kingdom be without the NHS? And especially right now. I want to thank all of the caregivers, the carers all around the world for the heroic things that they do each and every day for the sacrifices they make, for the danger, actually, that they put themselves in. And in some places in this world, but particularly here in the United States, there are people who are unprotected. Unprotected. They're wearing garbage bags and they're wearing Halloween masks here in the United States and in the United Kingdom. It's not so dissimilar the protections are inadequate why is it that the arguably two most prosperous countries in the world have such poor protection for caregivers poor adequate protection for them not enough of the kinds of things that you see medical professionals and caregivers wearing in south korea in china In Canada. Why is it that. In the United States. And in the United Kingdom. Caregivers. Doctors. Nurses who are also caregivers. And anyone else on those front lines of. This situation that we're all in. Why aren't they being protected? I really do want to salute them. And. Say to them, thank you so much for your sacrifice. Thank you so much for saving lives, untold lives, untold thousands upon thousands of lives that you are saving right now. I want to say to you, I thank you. I see you. I respect you. And I appreciate you for everything. That you do. May you be safe and well. And bless you all for everything that you're doing. The Politocrat is brought to you by the great people at Anchor. Anchor is such a great place to go if you want to get started in podcasting and it's easy and it's free. Anchor, marvelous stuff, marvelous. And I'm so grateful to the folks at Anchor for getting me going with the Politocrat. If you want to get going and be heard on Apple, on Spotify and everywhere podcasts can be, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. To Break free, do you know that that is a song that actually helps people on the autistic spectrum? It is according to studies done in the u k that song "I Want to Break Free," helps people who are autistic, and their brain activity um, changes dramatically when they hear this song, and it's a song that actually calms. People down on the autistic spectrum. And I actually find it to be a very calming song, even though it may not sound that way to people who are not familiar with Queen or this song. And this is one of my favorites from them. And so I thought that it would be nice to just listen to something a little different. Now back to the politocrat. The sound of another day. Beginning. Or ending. Or in between. And at this point to slow things down. Is where we are. And since it is Saturday. It is a good time to reflect. To feel. To think. To be. What is... The lesson here for us as we do battle, if you will, with something that we can't see, but something that we can definitely feel. The streets are empty, the rain falls, and it replenishes, and it hits, and it leaves its mark. And we keep moving in these times if we can. We keep thinking in these times if we can. What is your state of mind? Where are you mentally? Is there a place that you have to get to in your mind? And if so, have you thought about or written about how you're going to get from here to there? The state of mind... And we know that fear is in the background or in the foreground. And everybody has different things that they are dealing with or facing or not facing. How do you keep your mind active? How do you do that? Well, mindfulness is obviously something that I've talked about a lot here on The Politocrat. And have emphasized how important it is to unpack your mind. Observe that you have these thoughts, whatever these thoughts are, and you hold on to them and then let them go. You have the thought, you let it go. It enters your mind, you let it go. You feel it travel through your mind and then let it exit. Mindfulness, the presence, the awareness, the observation of a thought and the openness and freedom to let it drift out of your consciousness, out of your mind and recognize that your mind is steering the thoughts and that you are able to let those thoughts be released. Whatever you're thinking of, you feel it You release it. You observe the thought coming in and leaving, in and leaving. Oh, there's another thought over here. You observe it. You note it. And then it travels away. And there's another thought over here. And you do the same thing. There are lots of mindfulness exercises. You can find them on YouTube and you do not have to pay a dime there right there on youtube and they are absolutely f r e e free and it's a way to free your mind in these times i've talked about writing and what it is what it is that you're concerned about write down what it is that you are concerned about that's keeping you up that's keeping you stressed stress is something that we all are going through now and whether we are very well off, very rich or whether we're not we all have levels of stress that we are going through and for some of us we're going through even more stress. So in times of stress what is it that you do? What is it that you end up giving yourself over to? Is it drugs? Is it alcohol? Is it reading? Is it writing is it music is it chocolates <laughs> is it is it chocolates or ice cream because I dare say that a lot of people are eating ice cream like they've never eaten it before or eating chocolate like they've never eaten it before if they are able to get out for a few minutes to get some chocolate it's one of those things it's kind of comfort food isn't it it's something that it we know that may not be the best of health healthy things to eat although dark chocolate which i've not mentioned really too much here is very healthy anything over 65% i'd say 70% 75% or more i think it anything over 70% is just terrific you got to eat minimum i'd say uh, okay 65% dark chocolate you know there's always a you know a certain cocoa level anything 65% and above is what you really want I'd go a little higher than that. I'd say 70%. Really good stuff, by the way, dark chocolate. But it's difficult to have just one piece of it. So what do you do? What do you do with that? And especially now when you are inside for the vast majority of a day. So there are all things that we tend to eat more of, drink more of, crave more of. It might be potato chips for some. It might be something else. But hopefully you can keep it healthy. And I've talked about that. About trying to eat a little healthier. And of course everyone does not have the means to do that. So all I say to people in those situations. Is to just do the best you can. One of the things that's also important. Is exercise. If you are able bodied try to do between 15 and 30 minutes of exercise a day and preferably do it early in the morning. And I know that it's still dark and I know that it's still um, maybe not necessarily safe for you to do that early in the morning. But I find that early morning exercise is the most healthy and therapeutic thing. You know, for one, that there's not gonna be anybody on the streets. That's a given. I mean, there's not going to be anybody on the streets during the day either. But I find that during the day, taking a run or whatever you might do outdoors for exercise, the the glare of the daytime can be intense. And that may not make a lot of sense to some. It's nice and healthy, of course, to run and get sunlight if you can run. Or if you're taking a walk, just walk casually and you enjoy the sun and i advocate that too but i find exercise real good exercise is often done at least for me when it is dark when it is not quite daylight yet and you are running with your thoughts running and in fact you empty your mind of your thoughts at least i do because i find that it's so therapeutic to just clear your mind and just run and or just walk And now at least with nobody around, it feels like you own your space in the outside world. You own it. You own that domain. You own that area of the world that you can travel through and you set the pace and there's no one else around. Well, maybe there's a car or two, but aside from that... It's your world. And when you run in that space or when you walk in that space, you own that space, you own that moment. So state of mind is important. Exercise is important. And if you don't like to exercise early in the morning when it's still dark. Then obviously during the day. The only thing about during the day is that while sunlight is important and you should go get some, there's going to be more people around. And people are going to exercise more during a typical daylight hour than they will early in the morning. And so that means you risk coming into contact with people. And even though the streets are fairly empty, even during the day, you're still going to have more people around. And so that kind of flies in the face of what the advice has been now for the last uh, couple of weeks or so, which is to stay indoors and to stay separated, to stay physically distant. Mental health is going to be our challenge. Quite frankly, as much as any financial health might be for many people. How we keep our minds during these times will be quite essential to how we come out on the other side. And of course, that's affected by what the situations are in our lives that are stresses. whether it's finance, whether it is health, whether it is a relationship, whether it is some connection that we want to reestablish with somebody in the family. And these are all things that are stresses in the most quote-unquote regular of times. Notice I didn't say the most normal of times. Because what is normal? When was normal? What does normal mean? I mean, normal to you could be absolute hell to me. So we have to, I think, figure out where we stand when we talk about normal. When we talk about the ability to exercise, there are lots of people, who, and I recognize, who cannot exercise, who cannot physically walk, who are not able-bodied, who you know are people who have disabilities. And so there are other challenges for people. And for people who are in that position, it is worthwhile, if you can, to find some sunlight in that's traveling in to your place where you are situated. And if you can get to a window. And if you are with a caregiver and someone can open a window for you. And if you can just watch the world go by. If you are able to do that. That would be one heck of a plus. And take some deep breaths as you inhale the air. And I know that the air is not, depending on where you are, the most healthy thing. But believe me, if you're able to open a window and for just five minutes, just take the air in. I think it will help you. I think it will. It may not. But it certainly is better than not having light shine on you. Sunlight is very important. And I just talked about that a few moments ago. The importance of getting some sunlight. And then I talked about the exercise and being aware of people around. Because there are, you know, you're going to see more people around. But sunlight is important. So if you aren't able to exercise. And if you aren't able to properly be, you know, to be ambulatory. Then certainly a window open for you and you're face at the window if you can get to a balcony or be near the balcony. It's a plus. If you take a walk, and if you are someone who is able-bodied and you take a walk, make sure that you walk, I think, not in the concrete jungle. If you are uh, unfortunate to be in one, then you know what I mean? It's difficult because it's all concrete. But it does wonders for the mind if you are able to walk no matter where you are, first of all. Second of all, it does real wonders for your mind. If you are able to walk where there's a field, walk where there's greenery, walk in a park. I know some parks are closed, maybe a lot lot of parks are closed, but walk near a park, walk where there are trees, if there are any near you, and look at the greenery. It's very, very helpful for your mind to be in a different kind of space, to be where there's grass, to be where there are leaves. Spring is here. And if you are able to be ambulatory, if you are able to move for those 15 minutes, for that half an hour, whether it's walking or running, running in an area where there's a field nearby or in a field or, and if you can do so with complete safety, then I would really advise you to do that. Walking, reading, music, if you can't leave your house, then music and reading are just ideal. Netflix is ideal right now. I've been plugging Netflix a whole lot and you should be watching it. It's a better alternative than the television media, the news corporate news media, please. I think one of the biggest stresses for people besides the things that they're going through in their lives is watching that damn corporate news media. <laughs> watching those networks you know I mean look I've, I admit I've done it too you know but it's going to be stressful and all the stories that you get told tend to be the stories where people are really going through hell and we all are going through our degrees of it I guess some of us are much more so than others what is it going to be like when this is all over How are you going to be when this is all over? I mean, those are two of the biggest stresses for all of us. We don't know what things are going to be like once this is over. And we don't know what things are going to be like tomorrow. All we know is that the numbers just keep rising. And that's what scares us all. Certainly concerns me. Certainly scares me, I don't want those numbers to rise any higher but the reality is is that they are and if I'm going to turn on the television and watch a scoreboard of numbers rising that is only going to add to my anxiety and stress and I don't need that so I am not going to bother because there's at this time a need to focus on the most important things for us The most important things, the things that make us smile, the things that make us not smile. When we get from here to there, when we talk about how how to get from here to there, what is that for you? Where is here for you? And where is there for you? Now, you may have heard the piece of music that I played earlier from Queen, I Want to Break Free, and it's enormously effective. It's a beautiful piece of music in a really wonderful way. It really affects the brain in a positive way. And there have been studies, as I said earlier, about that song done in the UK that help, you know, that talk about, you know, that actually benefit people on the autistic spectrum. and improves their mood, their communication, everything, They all their... All the things that people on the autistic spectrum are challenged with, they they improve listening to I Want to Break Free by Queen. No kidding. And as someone who is not on the autistic spectrum, on the autism spectrum, I can tell you, even for me, that song relaxes me. So I would advise you to listen to Queen. I want to break free, believe me, you will find that that song does actually relax you. And I've actually listened to that song on several occasions. And I, you know, I know that song very well. I remember when it came out back in, in the 1980s, 84, 85, 83, anywhere around that area it was. And that song was great then, but you know, you really appreciate that song now. I mean, I even, I appreciated it back then. That's a really good it does calm you down. That you tell me if it doesn't. <laughs> Tweet me at the popcorn R E E L. Tweet me. And 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 that's my personal Twitter. Tweet me and let me know if that song doesn't work for you. <laughs> because it does calm you. And there's lots of other pieces of music that calm too. There's things that great. Jazz legends like McCoy Tyner. What a beautiful tune um, that he, oh, many beautiful tunes that he did. He passed away recently, by the way. Speaking of people who passed away, I mean, McCoy Tyner, one of the great jazz legends. Search for peace. You've got to listen to that tune. Beautiful stuff. And if you are someone who feels relaxed, uh, when they listen to European classical music, then by all means, I've got plenty of that. Uh, you know, it's it, it's a collection that I enjoy as well. But there are some other pieces of music that really are soothing. So if you have a music collection or if you know someone who does, and it, if they can share that collection with you, if you're so technically or technologically inclined uh, to receive it, or if you happen to have the kinds of uh, platforms Apple, etc, cetera, etc, cetera, where you can uh, obtain those music pieces, please do it, please, and listen to them or rely on your own collection. This is the time to play music. this is the time to play great music. this is the time to watch Netflix, to watch great movies, to watch movies that make you laugh, or maybe to make watch movies that make you ponder cooking is just an incredible thing too if you can cook and if you've got your kitchen stocked with foods or have any kind of food in your home in your house please do some cooking or even if you've got the bare bones do a little bit of cooking pasta you'll be amazed how that helps you just preparing it and, and adding to it and doing things with pasta and then building on it, we're getting different kinds of foodstuffs, whether it's wild salmon. That process, that creativity helps. It really does. A couple of other things. As we go through Saturday and thank you very much for listening and considering on this Saturday. Thank you really. I really do appreciate you listening and there are another couple of things. Writing something down is powerful. If you can write something, not type it up, but write it out with a piece of paper and a pen. I know that it's easy these days to have a keyboard and a screen. But I think the object is to try to reduce screen time. And I know it's difficult. We've got our phones, we look at them, we use them. I think that, yeah, I get it. We. I mean, I'm an addict too, you know. I'm on social media. And um, I'm going to start to scale back that because I think that, Although social media has its positives, I think that there's a lot on social media at times that is very toxic. And I've noticed on Twitter that a lot of the trending topics have absolutely nothing to do with anything that's going on. And it's just meaningless, quite frankly. Although there are some important things. But I think it's better at that point to look at the news section of Twitter And even better than that at this point, to look at C-SPAN, if you're going to watch some television that's news-oriented, I would say look at C-SPAN here in the United States. Or if you're online, you can watch it on cspan.org or download the app for C-SPAN, C-SPAN Radio. That's a really good thing. Radio is a good thing, the theater of the mind, as Joe Madison says. Joe Madison, the Black Eagle, a really great guy on Sirius XM. Terrific broadcaster, terrific activist, a leader. And listening to people on the radio, voices can be very therapeutic. It depends. I mean, if they're shouting and screaming all the time, not a good idea. It raises the anxiety level. You want soothing voices. You want soothing people who help reassure you. So cooking and and writing things down are really important. And I think also, as I've talked about exercise, but sleeping. Sleeping is really important. And I know it's difficult for people these days to sleep. And what do you say to the person, normally a woman, who is in a domestic violence situation? How can she possibly sleep? So when I say these things, I do recognize that there are people who are in nearly impossible situations and very traumatic ones. And I have, from my heart, maximum empathy and consideration and respect for people who find themselves in Those very difficult, very adverse and stressful and traumatic existences and situations. If you can, and if you have the space and the ability to sleep, then try to do so and try to get a good seven hours of sleep. Try not to go to bed any later than 10 o'clock at night, wherever you are. And I recognize that that is a heavy lift for a lot of people because people's sleep cycles are different. People may have to go to work. People may have to work remotely at a particular time of night. So it's difficult. And for those people on the front lines, those people who are doctors and nurses, caregivers, it's very, very difficult to obviously do that. But if you are able to find a way to get some sleep, whether it's at 10 o'clock or any other time, And if you can get sleep that lasts you around seven hours, I guarantee you, you will start to notice a difference. And preferably, I would also advise you to turn your lights off at least two hours before you go to bed. Why? Because the lack of light helps accelerate your ability to fall into sleep and the body receptors are able to close down as well. In terms of sleep, I'm not talking about your life receptors, but I'm talking about your body's receptors to light. If you can eliminate light and close the blinds and turn off the power sources in your home, including your television, or if you can at least dim your television screen. If you have a smart TV and if you're able to dim your TV, set a dimmer on your TV and set an energy source, a power reduction source, the green energy that lowers the emittance of lights and radioactive waves or whatever that might be from your television set, um, LED or whatever it is, please do so or turn off your TV altogether. I mean, it is absolutely recommended. I, I would highly recommend that to you because it will make a difference. I would advocate turning it off. I would advocate reducing your screen time on your phone or your iPad as well. That is really key. I would advocate if you can setting a certain time limit for your use of your iPhone or your whatever other phone it might be or your iPad or anything else at night, I would reduce that time. Literally, I would reduce that time to half an hour or less or not use it at all in the last hour or two before you go to bed. Electronics stimulate the brain and having a screen in your face on at night before you go to bed It stimulates your brain. Your brain is overstimulated. And what you need to do is allow your brain to rest. To rest. And the best way to do that is to actually turn off uh, all these devices. Or at least put them away from you. In another room or away from your table or at your bedside table or slightly away from it. And charge it up. But make sure it's not too close to you. So when you sleep, you get the full benefit of sleeping and not having these electronics very close by. I understand that people have to have electro- electronics on in case there's an emergency phone call or whatever it might be. But I would urge you trying to keep it six feet away from you. you. talk, We talk about social distancing and physical distancing. How about phone distancing? How about that? How about trying to keep that phone more than about six feet or more away from you? Especially when you go to sleep. Because these phones also emit radio waves. And they aren't great for you, believe me. You want to stay away from that. I find that when you have the phone away from you, you sleep better. But I know that these are very stressful times. So this model may not fit for everybody. But what I say is, if you can approximate that model for your own comfort level, then I would please advise you, please do so to the best that you can. Thank you very much for listening to this edition of The Politocrat. I'm Omar Moore. Be well and take care of yourself.